Hi, everyone. It's Jen DeWall. And on this week's episode of the Leadership Habit Podcast, I sat down with Bridget McGowan. Here's the start. Have you ever experienced an energy that made you move to the edge of your seat or that you had to stand to your feet? What about an excitement that stayed with you and had you talking about it long after an event ended? That is the best way to describe Bridget McGowan, an award-winning author, an award-winning publisher, an award-winning international professional speaker who is known to be both comical and memorable. She will not just energize you, but will inspire you to not let anyone or anything get in the way of you being the most unforgettable person in the room. Today, Bridget is here to discuss what the most confident leaders do. Enjoy. Hi, everyone. It's Jen DeWall. And right now I am sitting down with Bridget McGowan. She is a professional speaker. And Bridget and I are going to be talking about what the most confident leaders say and do. Bridget, I love this topic because confidence is something I think we all need more of. But we're going to be talking about your book today. But before we, you know, I feel like I'm kind of jumping the gun here. Could you just go ahead and introduce yourself to our audience? Talk about who you are, what you do, who you even speak to as a professional speaker. Right. Absolutely. First off, thanks a ton, Jen, for even having me on the show. And then probably more importantly, thank you to the listeners. Thank you to the viewers for even tuning in. Really excited to be here. So my name is Bridget McGowan, and I help professionals be the most engaging, dynamic, incredible communicators ever. And sometimes people feel like because they don't have a leadership title, like they don't have a C-suite title or VP title, then they're not a leader. Everybody is a leader no matter where they are positioned in a company. So what I do as a professional speaker is I help people find those voices. So they show up as the most confident, the most powerful, most unforgettable people in the room. I do that via workshops, via keynotes, via conferences, via podcast interviews, right? And via writing books and publishing them and getting them out to the world. I love that, Bridget. And I think you also, you know, I love that you opened with the reminder that we all need to hear that regardless of your title, you are a leader and your presence is going to be important to how you communicate and whether or not your message has the intended impact. And today we're going to be talking about what the most confident leaders say and do. Out of curiosity, how did you even become interested in helping people develop this skill set? Right. You know, my goodness, I've never had that question posed to me. How did I become interested? I need to find a Reader's Digest version answer to this because I I could go all the way back to being Sunday school secretary (laughs) when I was like 10, 12 years old in this really small town called Livingston, Texas. Actually, it was on the outskirts of Livingston, this really small community called Swartout. And Swartout was actually going to be the county seat of Polk County, but I am digressing. Livingston became the county seat, but maybe that's where it started. I don't know, because as as that Sunday school secretary, I had to stand up in front of not a large crowd, but enough of a crowd and deliver my little report every morning or every Sunday morning. And then, you know, you go off to school and you have to do speeches and whatever we're called upon to do. And you go off to college and so on and so forth. And I guess throughout life, I've observed people, I've observed myself, and I've stepped back and I've said, what made people effective? What made people sit up and take notice? What made people want to lean in and listen to my little report every Sunday morning? What made people, my classmates, want to lean in and see what I had to say when I gave my 
speech or what have you in whatever class? What made people want to lean in and pay attention to me when I went out into corporate America or when I started my own business? So I think it was just observing and paying attention to what it was the most engaging, dynamic, incredible people do, and then making sure that I pass it on to others because life is too short to be mediocre. So maybe that's it, Jen, just just having myself in different scenarios and thinking, how do I make sure that I consistently show up and shine? And then how do I take what I'm learning and pass it on to others so they're consistently showing up, showing out, and showing the world what rock stars they are? Heck yes. I love, I mean, I hope that our listeners can feel your enthusiasm right now. And I love the curiosity that you just had from a young age to think what makes a message stick? What makes things effective? What makes people want to do something as a result of a message? We're going to be talking today about, you know, a little bit about your book. Can you tell us about your newest book, the re-release that you're working on right now? Because I love the title. I think it's so inspiring and motivating, and I think it's perfect for starting the new year. Yes, yes. I uh, fell in love with the idea of the book on a plane trip back in like 2020. Wow. Wow. That was probably one of my last plane trips before the pandemic. But again, I digress. I go off on tangents, everybody. I used to teach and I had to always make sure I had an agenda either on the chalkboard. Yes, I'm telling my age or as time progressed in my PowerPoint or in my notes, I always have to have an agenda. So I remember I was on this plane trip going out to Kansas. It was mid-January and it just came to me to detail how do you show up and show out? And I said, you know what? I probably need to define exactly what that is too. But I'm on this plane ride and I said, you know, can I come up with maybe three ideas, you know, one per month or maybe, you know, I don't know, maybe, hey, let's do 52 ideas for the year, one per week. And so with show up and show out, and the subtitle is 52 communication habits to make you even more unforgettable with this being the second edition. So with that, each week you get a a strategy, a habit, a tip, a practice, something that I personally use where you get that habit, you read it on Monday, and then you commit to engaging in using that tool, using that strategy incorporating it into everything you do that week. And then come Friday, you stop and you assess just how good of a job you did with incorporating that new habit into your your everyday interactions, be it on the job or at home. And I, you know, I shouldn't say new habit because there's nothing new under the sun, right? But it is given from my personal perspective of, again, being from this small town, population 5,019, and going out into this big world and just trying to find my way. And I provide those intangibles that we weren't necessarily taught in high school or in college or in B school. We, there was no curriculum. There was no class. And I think about what I just had to figure out on my own by bumbling, stumbling, falling, and then getting back up, right? So the book really focuses on helping you understand how to show up where you're not, you're, you're not only physically present, but you're also mentally and emotionally present. And everything about you demonstrates for everybody watching 
that you know you are somebody and everybody had better recognize you are indeed somebody. And then to show out means as you are mentally, physically, and emotionally present, you are performing, you are behaving and interacting with others in a way that is extraordinary. It is uncharacteristically impressive. You are quote unquote on at all the right times, which makes you unforgettable. You can't get mad at somebody who doesn't remember you if you didn't do anything memorable. You know how to blend in. (laughs) I love that. You know how to blend in when it's time to blend in. And you know how to uplift others while you are simultaneously standing out yourself. My gosh, I love that because there's a little bit of that adaptive leadership quality within that knowing when it's appropriate, the right opportunity to show up or whether you want to sit back and observe, but show like, I think the title of your book is so commanding, right? Show up and show out. It's all in essentially your leadership presence. Like, I think that this book is fantastic and I just want to dive a little bit more into it. So your book has four sections. Tell us about those four sections. Sure. So with the so the four sections are how you look, how you sound, what you say, and how you say it. And I strongly believe those are the four pillars of everybody, how they show up in the world, and that you have to pay close attention to each of those four areas if you really are going to uh, totally shine and just totally be, again, unforgettable. So With the first section, with how you look, this one focuses on improving your image and your nonverbal communication, because sometimes you may never get a chance to open your mouth and say anything. You may just be in the room, but if you know how to enter a room, you know how to move about, you know how to have the right poise and the right stance and what to wear and so on and so forth then you want to focus on the how you look section of the book. The next section, how you sound. Can I ask a question about like the, how you look? Because I I know that this is so important, right? Perception is reality. How you enter a room, whether it's fair or not, people will make assumptions. And I know, I want to ask more about this because sometimes I think, I know we teach a leadership presence class at Crosscom. And one of the things that Um, I received kind of like a curiosity point or maybe a frustration point. And I know that this is out there with leaders. Some people hate the fact that you have to pay attention to how you look. And it's not necessarily a vanity game. I don't want to say that, but it is understanding that depending on, you know, the culture that you're in, the industry that you're in, there may be norms and expectations of what professional looks like. And it's not to say that everyone needs to look the same, but we do need to pay attention to appearance. And so I guess my question to you is, what would you say to the people that are maybe like, well, asking me to think about how I look is just a vain thing. And that shouldn't count anyways, you know, because I'm sure you hear that too. People are a little resistant to want to talk about that. But what would Yeah. How do you, how do you navigate those conversations with people? Right. It's tough. I get it. Before we started recording, you and I were talking about how we revel in the opportunity to have on the sweats, no makeup, no lip gloss, no nothing. Right. We love that. And especially during the pandemic, pandemic, when so many of us were working from home, we were working virtually and, uh, you know, we're in the sweats and conducting meetings uh, from, you know, coffee shops and so on and so forth behind the wheel of our cars while we're sitting in parking lots, making transitions and so on and so forth. (laughs) And so I get it and I hear you, but let me tell you something. 
Within a short amount of time, different sources will say seven seconds, 10 seconds, 12 seconds, what have you. In a short amount of time, people form an opinion of you, fairly or unfairly, justly or unjustly, accurately or inaccurately. You want to control as much as possible the perception that people are forming of you. Now, I'll be the first one to say you can have someone who is suited and booted. I'm talking about they have on the nicest outfit, the flyest shoes, the most expensive leather attache case, and really seems to have it going on, but they have nothing in their brain, okay? The resume says nothing. It screams, I do not know anything, right? I get it. You have some of those people where they are dressed to the nines and they look like they have their act together, but guess what? That is the perception that we have of that person. That person has controlled the perception that people have of him or her. And it's not until he or she opens the mouth that maybe we are forming a different perception. It's tough, okay? It's tough. It's annoying. It's frustrating where you feel like you have to, quote unquote, dress up or whatever the case may be. But if it's important to you, the impression you are giving of yourself, your personal brand, the company you're representing, if it's important that people have the most positive perception of you and your business, then it's incumbent upon you to do as best as you can to control the look that or the message that your look sends to others. Yes. I thank you so much for answering that. And yeah, absolutely. I know that there are pieces that I dislike, but Look for the opportunities where you maybe don't have to play it up, right? When you and I did our pre-call, I was in a sweatshirt, just enjoying the day, right? The days that we don't have to, you know, get all polished, but we know that if we're going to go in front of people, then we have to take a different approach. And I wonder, like, you know, if just people would depersonalize that and understand that it's not necessarily about you. It's kind of just that perception is reality and that your brain is doing all this stuff very quickly to form these opinions, judgments, whether fairly or unfairly. I love that you said that. And just, you know, it's not necessarily a personal attack against you. It's just kind of understanding these norms that have been laid down um, of what that looks like. And I, I just really appreciate you answering that because I know sometimes people struggle with that one. Crosstown is a global organization dedicated to developing effective leaders. Companies all over the world have seen their managers transformed into leaders through our award-winning and accredited leadership development programs. Our signature BPM program provides interactive management training with a results-oriented curriculum and prime networking opportunities. If you're interested in learning more about our flagship program and developing your managers into leaders, please visit our website to find a leadership trainer near you. Or maybe you yourself have always wanted to train and develop others. Crestcom is a global franchise with ownership opportunities available throughout the world. If you have ever thought about being your own boss, owning your own business, and leveraging your leadership experience to impact businesses and leaders in your community, Crestcom may be the right fit for you. We're looking for professional executives who are looking for a change and want to make a difference in people's lives. Learn more about our franchise opportunity on the Own a Franchise page of our website at Crestcom.com. Uh, okay, let's talk about how you sound. Oh my gosh, I love this. And I feel like if you can help everyone and how they sound, Zoom meetings will be that much more entertaining. Meetings will be that much more engaging. Uh, what does how you sound mean? Right. And this is a tough one because I do understand that sometimes people do have these, hmm, 
slightly different sounds to their voices. I am very respectful of that being from Texas myself. And as the years pass, I get lazier and lazier with controlling the accent that I have. I used to work very hard to sound like I was from the Midwest, but you know, once you get old, like I am and tired. So I, I, I respect that sometimes this can be a tough one, but with paying attention to how you sound, it's really becoming more aware of the quality of your voice regarding your pitch, your tone, your speed, and some other factors to put in place and some other habits to uh, put in place those those practices that are going to have you sounding as confident as possible. So it can be something as small as working on reducing the number of filler words that you use. So here we're not necessarily talking about pitch or talking about tone, but just the quality of the delivery of your message. If everything you say or every sentence you say is littered with us, um, so like, you know, well, kind of, if that if you're using an um every three words, it diminishes the quality of your message and it makes you sound less confident. So that's one strategy that I have in the book. And I tell you exactly how to reduce your use of filler words. Notice I didn't say eliminate your use of filler words, but reduce your use of filler words because using some filler words makes you sound human. Right. But if you never use right, if you never use filler words, you almost sound robotic. You almost sound like you're not even a human. And it comes off as being almost too perfect. And nobody wants to be around someone who's quote unquote, too perfect. Something else that I encourage everyone to do is to find your ideal speaking voice. This one is what really is an ideal speaking voice. I well, love that. ideal speaking voice <laughs> is the one that has people hearing the authority in your voice, hearing you speak with confidence that makes them sit up and take notice. It doesn't sound unsure. It doesn't sound too hyper. It doesn't sound bored. Your ideal speaking voice is just the right intonation where it has you just sounding like a leader. And this is how you find your ideal speaking voice. Hum the happy birthday song. So then do you grab that one? <laughs> that tone, the okay. tone that you hear when you're humming happy birthday, <laughs> that is your ideal speaking voice. Oh, so interesting. And I like that it's a way, I don't know, because I feel like you, it sounds almost higher, right? It sounds higher than that natural voice. So it adds energy to it, which then I imagine adds, like, you know, that engagement principle. When I have to know this because how I know that I worked really hard. And I think the way that I really worked on eliminating filler words was just through practice uh, and continuously getting feedback on my speaking. And obviously I get feedback all the time, whether I want it or not, <laughs> but I'll take right. that feedback. And so I get a lot of practice. And so then that does help to eliminate those filler words. But what would be advice for someone that maybe is really afraid of public speaking, still doesn't know, where do you even begin to start to eliminate those filler words. Absolutely. The first thing you need to do is even identify what your filler words are that you use and make note of those. But here is my absolutely favorite, favorite strategy. And it's to pause and say nothing. When you feel yourself about to say, um, or like, or, you know, 
pause. Don't even let it come out. And then move on with the next thought. It doesn't even catch anyone's attention. See, just now, did you notice how I said it doesn't even catch anyone's attention? I was getting ready to say, um, before I said catch. I love that. The reason filler words happen is because you're trying to think of your next thought. So you pause and say nothing so you can think of what is that next word I want to say. And it comes off as a contemplative pause. So it's not even strange or noticeable. So whenever you catch me during this interview, during this conversation, taking one of those pauses, and you've noticed it probably pretty regularly right now, it's because I'm stopping myself from using a filler word and instead using that time and that energy to pull up whatever is the word that I want to say next. Pause and say nothing and try to figure out what is that word that I'm searching for as opposed to um. Um doesn't get you any closer to the word that you want. <laughs> yes, I love that. Like the pause, embrace the power of the pause. If you're looking to eliminate your filler words, I think I have different filler words now as I've tried to weed out the ums and likes. I think I have new replacement ones that I don't even realize, but embracing the power of the pause because you're right, it's not awkward. If anything, I'm still engaged in the conversation and I'm not noticing any type of big break. And it just allows the conversation to feel a lot more smoother. That's such a great pro tip. <laughs> and, and, and when you slow down, and you insert those pauses here and there, slower speech, you don't want to be too slow, sounding like dry eyes, clear eyes, right? But slower speech is also synonymous with confidence. It's also synonymous with how a leader looks and sounds because the leader doesn't talk like this all the time and just kind of keeps running words together. No. So slowing things down and inserting pauses makes you sound more deliberate and more sure about your message. Oh my gosh. And your and people can actually have time to process what you're saying. <laughs> right. Exactly. exactly. Because although you have all of the thoughts together in your head and it may not sound like rocket science to you, however, your listener is hearing it for the first time from your perspective. So you're spot on, Jen. It gives everybody a chance to hear and process what you're saying. Yes. Okay. So we covered the first two sections, which yep. are understanding how you look and then understanding how you sound. The third one is what you say. I love this, please. I think you're going to help a lot of employees by making sure and giving pro tips on this one. What does it mean in terms of showing up and showing out and how it, I guess, the impact that you have to what you say? It's about being more cognizant of the impact of your words on others, as well as the, the impact of your words on your image. So you're always showing up in a positive way. One of my favorite habits in the book, in this section, is think before you speak. But think is spelled with two eyes. I use it as an acronym. So before you speak, ask yourself if what you're about to say is thoughtful, helpful, important, inclusive, necessary, kind, thoughtful, helpful, important, inclusive, necessary, kind. Now, prior to 2020, I didn't have that second eye. I didn't have inclusive. Now, did it just strike me in 2020 that language needed to be more inclusive? No, especially as a Black woman. That didn't just come to light for me when we started to see the uh, racial unrest, if you will, in the United States. So with this re-release of the book, I thought, 
it would be, I would be remiss if I didn't include inclusive in there. Now, am I saying that every single time you speak, you need to make sure it's politically correct and that no one's going to be offended and because it's like walking on eggshells. No, I'm not saying that because that is hard work. I'm saying just turn up the dial, just heighten your awareness of what you say sometimes, even something as innocent as addressing a group as you guys. Who has not done that? However, women may be offended by being addressed as you guys. It's innocent enough, but because guys has a masculine connotation to it, some women may, it may be off-putting to them because it's like, well, I'm not a guy, but they, okay, so then do you address everybody as, hey, gals, right? So (laughs) I'm not saying what you should say or shouldn't say, but I am saying be more aware of your language and ensuring that it's thoughtful, that it's helpful, that it's important, inclusive, necessary, and kind. And I talk, of course, more uh, about each of those in that section. Well, I think that is important. And I know it's tough right now. There, There is a level where I think it's interesting, even when you watch maybe TV programs from 10 years ago on things that there's no way that would air today. There's no way. And I get that it can feel like a little bit of a battlefield in some regards to make sure that you're not alienating or hurting anyone, but it is just thinking about the filter. What would your audience feel? How could they feel? And inclusive language, I think this is still a new... You know, I don't necessarily know if they ever really taught. Like, I I don't think about in the last 10 years if they were like, let's talk about how you can use inclusive language. And so give yourself permission to know that this might be newer for you. And it's okay that you might just be learning different ways to address a group, how to communicate with someone. Because why does, I'll ask the expert, why does inclusive language matter? If you're trying to like show up and show out, like why does inclusive language matter? (laughs) You have to think about before I say something, and, and, and I know listeners are going to say, Bridget, that is absolutely impossible to run through the list of everybody in the world before I say something to determine if what I'm about to voice is going to be offensive to them. But that's where I'm kind of going with it. You have to ask yourself if what I'm about to is what I'm about to say, would it be offensive or uncomfortable or just taken the wrong way by someone who doesn't look like me. And I'm not just talking about physical characteristics. I'm talking about someone who doesn't have your same level of education, level of socioeconomic status, someone who doesn't live in the same neighborhood you live in, work in the same industry you work in, who doesn't, you know, any, anything, any physical characteristics, anything. So it's not so much about physical characteristics as it is just, just everything I, when you when you stop and ask with someone who just does not quote unquote look like me is not in the same circumstance does not have the same set of circumstances does not have the same experiences doesn't come from the same background would this bother him or her and it's important as a leader because it shows you care it shows compassion you see leadership isn't just about being able to have fantastic ideas and move a team forward and be on leaderboards and have sales skyrocketing through the roof and wonderful customer bases and all of those things that we love as business owners. We could go on down the line, right? 
and spreadsheets and dollars and cents. It's not that leadership isn't just about that and being able to lead teams to victory, but it's being able to understand there are some things underneath the surface, underneath the spreadsheets, underneath the data points, underneath the marketing tools. There are other pieces that are important to connecting to humans. See, when you can connect to humans on personal levels, when you can respect our differences and be cool with it. I'm okay that you are you, you are not exactly like me. I'm okay with it. Matter of fact, I love it. When you are able to demonstrate that you're cool, comfortable, collected, you know, cool as a, a pickle in December, then you show that you care and you show that you respect people for who they are and for what they bring to the table. And you know that your company it, it couldn't be what it is without each one of these incredibly talented members of your team. Your company couldn't be where it is unless they were there. And when you show that you care and that you recognize what everybody brings to the table and not only what they bring to the table, but that you always want them to feel respected and and honored on some level. When you show that, you have people showing up in, <laughs> in, in the most impressive ways for your team. And it's so important. That piece is so important. Just being able to communicate in a way that makes people feel seen. And I think if we haven't maybe hit the nail on the or directly on the head with this, this is emotional intelligence. This is your ability yes. to observe what's going on, be mindful of the environment, of the relationships, of how you're showing up. This is emotional intelligence. You've got to slow down to speed up. So yes. let's go into your fourth piece. It's not about what, now it's not about what you say. It's about how you say it. Mom taught us that, right? Mom taught us. It's not what you say, it's how you say it. But we're taking it another level where in this section of the book, I have you examining and improving the entire packaging of your message where you're thinking about uh, how is this going to impact me, my company, others, everybody, and understanding that, how do I put it? It's, it, you know, the loudest one in the room isn't the fiercest one in the room. And knowing that you can command attention and be commanding without even saying a word. And it's understanding that when you show up and show out, you, you, you can be comfortable with silence. When you show up and show out, you treat every day like it's the most critical day of your company's life or your team's life. It's game day. When, when you show up and show out, you fully understand how to be the very best version of yourself. You know that you don't have to be on 24-7, but that you are on when it matters and that you can totally turn it off whenever you are alone, you're quiet, you have a moment, but you know that when it matters, when all eyes are on you, that it's time to be on. You know that it's important that you, wow, just think about everything, every move that you make, every word that you say, uh, you, and oh my goodness, I could, I could just go on and on. When you show up and show out, you're 
Your words are matching your actions. Your actions are matching your words. You're one of those people where you keep pressing the accelerator when everybody else is putting on the brakes. And, and you don't feel the need to be anyone but yourself. You're not intimidated by anybody or anything. When you show up and you show out, you always find value in others and appreciation for others. You don't have to be the one where the spotlight is always shining on you. When you show up and you show out while everybody else is hitting the, hitting the emergency button, the panic button, you, you've moved on. You're looking for the solution to address the emergency. I, you know, it's, it's just about thinking about what every move you make and every word you say, thinking about what message does it send. You, you move in silence and you wow the crowd. You don't worry about what went wrong. You don't worry about the competition. You, you look at it and you pay attention to what's going on. You look at the competition and make some, some adjustments about what you'll do differently, but you don't stress too much about it. You learn from the past. You learn from others. You focus on what you want to keep moving forward. I, you know, oh, I love that section of the book because I just really talk about just, just the entire packaging of how you show up. Yeah, it sounds like it's a mindset. If we're talking about, you know, what the confident leaders like do and say and how you can show up confidently, you have to have the mindset that you are worthy, valuable, and have something meaningful to say. And I think that's important because it goes with, it just puts intentionality within your communication that all of your communication can be that much more impactful if you set some intention with it. Have yes. a mindset going into the meeting or before you send the email, because that's the how you say it. People can tell if you're, Oh, a little BSing. Ask. <laughs> BSing is what we're going to call it. Yes. <laughs> yes. People can absolutely tell. They may not call you on it. Actually, that is just a funny thing because I think most people, you know, I, this is a quote that a participant shared with me once and I really like it. Empty Kate or empty wagons rattle. And just essentially that people don't have, you know, you can tell when someone doesn't have something going on. And I love that. And, you know, I think to those that think that, oh, I don't really need to think of it or I can just wing it. People can tell. People can tell. And they may not say anything to you, but they can tell. Like, I'm curious what you think to the people that are like, oh, I don't need to do this. It's fine. It's fine. I don't need to slow down. I'm sure my communication is fine. And they think they might be pulling one over. What's the, I guess, what's the cautionary tale of doing that? Right. Well, I'll tell you this. If you like where you are, you don't want to move. You're perfectly fine with status quo. You're not concerned with self-improvement, professional development, upward mobility, then completely ignore everything I've said. You know, the goal should be each day to wake up and use the 24 hours in front of you to put yourself and others in better positions than they were before the day started. I, you've got to look back over the week, over the month, over the year and say, am I better? Have I made others better in this past 24 hours, in this past week, in this past month, in this past year? Be selfish and work on you. But at the same time, spread it to others. So the cautionary tale is 
if you're fine with where you are, pay me no mind. You keep doing what you do. But if you are really wanting to show up as the most incredible person that you already know that you are, but you just need to put it on display a little bit better. You just need to turn it up a couple of notches. And if you want to get in a position where you feel comfortable uplifting others, then I encourage you and, and you just want you just want more. You want more for yourself. You want more for your company, more for your team, more for your family. Then showing up and showing out and really establishing yourself as somebody who cares, who's confident, who's a commanding leader. It only can bode well for you professionally and personally. Oh my gosh, it starts with that choice. Bridget, how can our listeners get in touch with you? We have been talking about Bridget's book, Show Up and Show Out, 52 Communication Habits to Make You Even More Unforgettable. How can they connect with you after the podcast? Sure. Please visit connectwithb.com. That's connectwithb.com. And I have some special offers for you there. As a matter of fact, you can get the book, um, show up and show out. You can get that and enter the coupon code podcast at checkout. So you can get free shipping on the book. So connect with B.com and enter the coupon code podcast in checkout. When you check out to get free shipping on the book. And if you would love for me to do a session with your team on confidence, what the most confident leaders do and say, how do you show up? How do you command a room? How do you make engaging presentations? I'd love to have a presentation, a workshop, a webinar, a breakout with your team. And all you have to do is mention this show and you'll get 10% off the cost of that session. So connectwithb.com, both of those options are there. Book a workshop, get 10% off, buy your book, get free shipping, use podcast as the coupon code when you check out. Holy cow. Those are a ton of offers. And thank you so much for donating or donating for offering them to our audience. Bridget, I really enjoyed our conversation today. Thank you for giving the techniques and talking about your book, show up and show out. What a great way to start the year. Let's see what 2022 can be if we all show up and show out. Thank you so much for joining us, Bridget. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you so much, Jen. Thank you, Crescom. Thank you to the listeners. Don't forget to visit connectwithb.com. Can't wait to see you there. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Leadership Habit Podcast. It was so great to sit down with Bridget and talk all about what confident leaders say and do. If you want to connect or book Bridget to come into your organization, you can mention this podcast after going to connectwithb.com to get 10% off. Or you can go to Connect With B to purchase your autographed copy of Show Up and Show Out. If you know someone that could benefit from this episode, please share and don't forget to leave us a review on your favorite podcast streaming platform. If you're looking to improve your communication styles or you want to uplevel yourself as a leader, head on over to crosscom.com and request a complimentary two-hour leadership skills workshop for you and your team. 